This is the Alchemize Your Life podcast. On this episode, we are interviewing two plant medicine shamans who are going to take us through their personal experiences relating to plant medicine and share with us what it's like to be a medicine man in South Africa. Hi, I'm Sian Kenshin. And I'm Sophie Ma. And we're here to alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. This episode was recorded um, in our Facebook group as a live with uh, two of our friends from South Africa who just both happen to be plant medicine shamans. The inspiration for this was after we shared uh, about our recent trips or not so recent trips in, uh, oh my God, how long has it been already, in Peru with ayahuasca. Uh, you can go back if you're curious to know what those journeys were like for us, but we shared about those. And then recently I've also shared my experience with LSD and how it was actually a very awakening moment. And especially in our Facebook group, the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy, we'll link it down below. So many of you had really deep, really insightful questions. And, you know, Cian and I are not shamans. We do not claim to be shamans. And we were not the right people to answer these questions. So we felt it good to bring in some experts and record a live. This podcast is the result of that live. And if you would like to be able to participate in these types of lives and be asking questions live <laughs> instead of catching the recording post talk, then you definitely want to be in our Facebook group. So make sure you go ahead and join it. The link will be down below. Let's get started. So we are so excited to bring you uh, two amazing beings here. Uh, we have Wachermo Rico and oh, I'm going to butcher it again. Carandaro Carlito. And I'll just introduce them a little bit because you guys haven't seen them in the prism before. Yes, folks. So Rico is a South African entrepreneur, uh, a good friend of Sophie and mine. He's an entrepreneur. He's obsessed with helping people develop and grow. Uh, he's also well experienced in holding safe and accepting energetic containers with lots of unconditional love for growth and healing. He utilizes meditation, energy alignment techniques, and helps people do breakthroughs. Um, he's equipped to serve many different healing modalities uh, from modern ancient times, including neurolinguistic programming and hypnosis, which is awesome, theta healing. Uh, and I know we've got quite a few theta healers in this group as well, so they'll be curious about that. Pretty cool. Yeah, he's a life and business neuro coach, and uh, he is an initiate in the Inca Cuero tradition. So that's welcome, uh, Rico. He, he sounds almost as diverse as Sophie and I do in the <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Carlito here is uh, is a new uh, 
we've we've just met. He's a dear friend of uh, Rico's, and they work together. And uh, he's also South African. He's the founder of the Conscious Wi-Fi Enlightened Success System. Pretty awesome name. I really want to find out what what that is as part of the interview. That sounds amazing. Uh, And he started his training with power plants in 2015, holding ceremonial spaces as an apprentice with various plant medicines. So he sat in healing circles with shamans and South American tribes uh, of the Santo Diame. Is that right? Santo Diame? Santo Daimi. 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 Oh, I, I reversed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as well as non-traditional teachers in Europe and Australia. So he developed a unique facilitation style fusing the tradition of Icaros, meditations, chants, and other instruments to engineer deeply transformational experiences. So that's, uh, that is actually a lot like me where I take different modalities and different tra- ancient traditions and like weave them together. In fact, the prism is, is exactly the result of that sort of thing where we're weaving Western neuroscience and Zen Buddhism and hermetics and all these sort of things. So, and of course you guys know, we have a lot of respect for solo or individual um, streams, like, you know, specifically Tantra yoga, specifically Buddhism. And we have uh, a lot of respect for people that are going to combine multiple modalities that aren't going to just see you know, one, one lineage with all of its challenges and all the cultural window dressing, but instead is going to take teachings from multiple different lineages and make them applicable to literally the Western society. And we were just reading a book the other day, Cian was, I say we, it was Cian. Cian was reading this book Um, about egregores. A few of you guys are familiar with this book. We've recommended it to a few of you. And it was talking about how it's really, really important. And this is one of the things that people miss when they join an egregore and egregore being a, um, like the, the mental construct of an organization, when people join an egregore, so like they join Buddhism, they take, they fully submit themselves into the egregore and they don't take time to integrate. What is it about this that is going to serve me in my current Western life? And this is why it's really important to work with practitioners in our opinion that have a bit of a mixture and that aren't just fully into one egregore or one lineage because the more lineages you hold and the more paths the more clearly you're seeing because yeah. you're not seeing all of the, the cultural window dressing you, that you comes find, from all of the others you find the blind spots that each of the traditions have exactly. and they all have blind spots exactly That's what i've seen i have the saying that that goes along with that that if it's true it must be true everywhere yes mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Natural principles, right? Does it apply to all people, all places, and all things at all times? You guys have heard us say this too. And we see in a lot of ancient traditions, they follow a lot of principles that just don't apply to the way that we live life anymore. So we're very excited to have these two um, practitioners that, as you guys have heard, have a wide range of skills and a, a wide list of lineages here to speak with you guys today because, you know, we did a couple of podcasts about ayahuasca and acid and y'all blew up and we're like, oh my God, I we need want to know more about this. And we're <laughs> like, okay, well, we know when we're not the experts and these guys are the experts. So we're excited to have them here. I can see there's quite a few of you guys already catching us online from Massachusetts. Let us know where you guys are from. These two, I don't know if you can tell it's dark. They are currently in South Africa and it is literally the middle of the night for them. (laughs) So thank you guys. It's 2 a.m. Yeah, but we are so pumped to be here with you guys. And what you're saying 
in terms of the awareness of people, it really seems like um, it's become so mainstream and people are becoming really interested. Just this week, I've received a few calls where people said, wow, I watched this thing on Netflix called um, How to Change Your Mind, or I looked at this YouTuber. And so it seems like influencers and um, broadcasting channels are really opening up the channels to say there's something out there and people are really interested in seeing how this can help them in their journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something we definitely want to speak to as well is learning, like, when is it? And this is a question that we've been getting a lot because I'm a huge advocate personally of like, not just doing it because it's cool or hip or trendy, but waiting for you to feel in your soul that you are ready for <laughs> transformation and that it's, it's calling. Like for me, I was deeply called in a very, very specific way. And I see in spiritual communities all the time that people are talking about, oh, well, everybody else is doing Cambo, so I'm going to do Cambo. Or, you know, I only can reach enlightenment if I sit with ayahuasca in Peru. Or there's all of these stories that are coming up because it's trending. So from Mm. you guys, what is it that you look for or recommend for people to know, A, that they're ready for any of this type of experience, and B, which plant or which experience is most calling to them? Now, we actually had this conversation earlier um, where yeah, someone asked, perfect. how do I, what is this calling? How do I know the plant is actually calling me? And mm-hmm. I love what you said about that. Yeah, so we're obviously all connected via a super conscious field. Call it the, the quantum, right? Let's, let's just call it the quantum realm. Um, and our subconscious minds is obviously how we access that. So we will be shown through synchronicities. You know, something will keep coming into your awareness and there will be a resonance. Sometimes there will be a fear, you know, where it's a fear that we need to face. And then the appropriate modality will will be in your awareness. You will know, you will feel the strong calling. It's not like the plant is calling your name. Like, hi, I'm ayahuasca. I'm calling you. No, that's not how it works, right? People think of ayahuasca as, as a living spirit, which is, is, but not in the way that many people might think, right? It is, it is the actual energetic blend, right? Of each medicine is different. Each little cup of ayahuasca is a different consciousness. People call her mother Aya, but it is actually a technology. It's a living technology that is not one being, it, even though we see her as a serpent sometimes, or as a beautiful rainbow um, female, but it is not the actual representation of the spirit. That is only our subconscious mind that interprets the energy that way based on the collective consciousness. So you will know by synchronicity, and it will be clear, and it will be obvious. It will keep coming up, and it might not be ayahuasca. It might be vipassana. It might be San Pedro, but you will certainly know. You will connect the dots. Now, interestingly for me, the, the way that, uh, if you call it the calling happened for me, was um, before working with plant medicines, being an entrepreneur and, and experiencing a lot of strife, you know, and um, over-expressed ambition and things. I was looking at an article um, just after Steve Jobs um, from <clears throat> Apple passed away. And in this article, I was surprised to to read how he was using LSD to actually um, tap into a vision for his company. And my first response was, wait a minute, these things, LSD, I immediately put it in the box of drugs. These things are taboo. 
how is this businessman using this? He was obviously using the altered state and these things to, to tap into greater visions and innovation and all of that. And I, I made a, a 50 year bucket list notes. And like, I would love to try this, but there must be something natural out there where, where it's really truly what, what the, the plant kingdom can give us. And uh, then I heard that there are things like ayahuasca retreats in Peru. And I thought like one day, one day, um, that might come across my path and I'll travel there. And actually, it was a very short time uh, where I thought it would be many years. Uh, someone came into my path that taught me how to do juicing with, you know, green juices just for cleansing and for more nutrients and these things. And he kept on talking about these plant medicine retreats. And he said to me, well, Enrico, when you juice, it's, it's medicine for your body, but there are other plants that are medicine for your soul. And I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. And immediately I made the connection like, oh, this is that, what I'm looking for. And I was surprised to find that there are these kinds of retreats in South Africa basically happening on my doorstep. So, yeah, that's kind of, you know, my, my, my synchronicities and callings was through the business world, which is quite interesting to see how influencers and high performance in business um, are using, not well, utilizing you know, the, the altered state towards their success, but also towards more consciousness, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, it's such an interesting conversation when we get into the business world too, because I mean, for myself, float tanks, which is also accessing an altered state of consciousness pre-drugs was something that I was brought to also to improve business. So we're starting to see this like this confluence of spirituality and like business success. And they're starting, it's like, they used to be in silos, right? Like you got to be a business person or you got to be spiritual and you did not get to be both ever. And what we're starting to see now is this like overlap of like, oh, hey, you know, I feel like this, the spiritual silo is like, hey, maybe these business people, like they actually got some shit figured out. And the business side is like, hey, maybe the spiritual people have some shit figured out. And so we're starting to see this overlap, which, I love about the prism and the group that you're speaking to right now is a lot of that overlap. It's a huge overlap where we don't have a Mm -hmm. lot of people that are siloed in one way or the other, or if they are, they recognize that and they're starting to kind of come together. Um, So you're definitely speaking to the right, to the right people. Yeah. is, is, Is a point of power, right? Because we're really coming into alignment with higher self. And that is a point of power and we can become more influential and more, more potent. And, yes. and our, our businesses are the vehicles through which we serve. So it is spiritual. It's absolutely mm-hmm. spiritual. Yes. So um, it's a good time to be alive. Yes. yes. Yeah, we, we finally figured it out. <laughs> we're, we're figuring it out. This collective has got it figured out for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, we've, we've seen a lot of things evolve in the business world since the movement in the 60s, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that was the movement that got the likes of like Alan Watts and Steve Jobs into spirituality. You know, the drugs were the gateway drug spirituality into transcendental states, um, which I think them as leaders, they provided like an example of, oh, hey, maybe this is okay, right? And I think that's that's really the, the purpose of transcending yourself is to break out of the shell that's been sown by the previous generations and become something new and then show others, Hey, look, you can be something else. You can be something new. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We're starting to see that. I mean, even with um, 
there's microdosing of mushrooms and other plants that are happening like quite commonly now in corporations and CEOs. I think there's even something called the CEO mix. Have you guys heard of this? It like increases neuroplasticity and oxygen to the brain and like all of this neuroscience backed um, effects that uh, greatly increases creativity and drive. So um, I'm excited to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's and, and also microdosing, there seems to be much greater awareness around that and people asking questions like how can this help me? And uh, last month I did a course of microdosing on the plant that I work with, Wachuma or San Pedro, which is a, a, a cactus from, from South America. And the, the energy of the plant is masculine, where the energy of ayahuasca that um, he works <clears throat> with is more feminine, you know. And it's just been a profound month. It has been as potent as a, call it a journey dose ceremony. And you also mentioned the the word drug or drugs. And it's an interesting thing. If I'm allowed to say something slightly controversial, something that I've... What, what is medicine and what is drugs, you know? Um, so we, we have an interesting thing where we call the things that you find in the pharmacy that we call that medicine. <laughs> yeah. And something like ayahuasca or wachuma, or we, we... It's like we not approved. Yeah, we, we, we don't understand it. And then typically, like I imagine my parents, for instance, they would put it in that box of, oh, you're talking about drugs? Are, are these things not addictive? Yeah. And... Addictive, illegal, all these bad things, right? And what is the real, if you think about anything that's in a pharmacy, where does it come from? It's been synthesized from the plants. So this is my statement is that the plants are the real medicine. The stuff you find in the pharmacy is the drugs. And those who sell the drugs are the drug dealers, you know, Mm -hmm. to think about. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to burst your bubble, but that's not controversial in this group. (laughs) (laughs) Very standard thinking. That's like, uh, we've curated a little bit of an audience and, 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 you know, like our audience hears us say all the time, where does your programming come from? Mm -hmm. Right. Like where, like, where did you even learn to call those things, those words? Mm -hmm. Right. And like, to have the energy behind them, right? You know that what? one word is good and one word is Why not. have you decided that this is bad and this is good? When, you know, like you could actually look at the effects that these things do to your body, oh. if you're in tune with your body and go, oh, wow, actually the one that I thought was good is actually not good mm-hmm. <laughs> because it makes me feel sick. And this yeah. other one is uh, good because it does not. So that being said, I do have a lot of respect for, for doctors and I do think they, they have their place. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we get so many people that apply to attend these ceremonies that are on antidepressants and people don't yeah. talk about this, um, you know, because it's maybe a point of shame or something, but when we, we, when we ask them, you know, for to make sure that they're safe, what medications and things are they on, you would be surprised to know how many people are on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it can be helpful for a while. I think the concern is when that becomes a dependency for the mind to produce uh, serotonin, dopamine, all these, all these things, you know. And um, 
Charlie mentioned the interesting protocol that that we that that he follows when someone wants to prepare for a plant medicine journey and to actually wean themselves off of the 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 real drugs, you know, those things yeah. that become, become dependencies. Well, let, let's talk about that for a minute because I, I think that's a really big topic, you know, and especially in our community. There's there's lots of people who are struggling with depression, especially, you know, with last two years have really broken people down, it's broken yeah. down all of the fabric that we use to hold each other up. So a lot of people <clears throat> are alone and lonely and disconnected. And and now everything's <laughs> open and they're finding they don't know how to social again. Like, yeah. let us know in the chat. Are you the one of those people that's like, I forgot how to be a human. Like, I forgot how to socialize and be allowed to leave my house because I definitely journeyed some of that this year. Yeah. So the mainstream solution to that is, is, uh, pharmaceuticals, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we don't have a problem with doctors, but we do have a problem with pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so can you like both, like both of you, um, maybe walk us through some journeys that, uh, people have had with you with, you know, anti getting off of antidepressants or like what, whatever's happened. Um, just, just take us through whatever's coming up for you in that area. Mm, yeah. So I'd like to share <clears throat> since I started working um, with the, as an apprentice back in 2015, um, I was, I was really made aware of especially the antidepressants because they, they can be dangerous effects when working with ayahuasca because of something in ayahuasca called MAOIs, which comes from the Banasteriopsis, the vine, um, which don't interact well with antidepressants and it, and it can cause serious damage um, and to the brain. So it's very, SSRIs, right? Yeah. SSRIs. Yeah, SSRIs. So it's very important to get off of these things, but it, it's easier than people think mm. because our beliefs are so powerful, right? So people have this, collectively, there's this belief that it is difficult to get off of these things. Well, that's what they tell us. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and when we listen to it for long enough, we create that thought pattern. It becomes a belief and it takes root in our subconscious. It becomes a reality. But it's just as easy to change the pattern. And what I've discovered is, right, when working with people after they, they've tried for years to come off of these things, I would give them something, something very natural. And I would tell them, this will easily help you get off of these mm -hmm. things for long enough to experience the ayahuasca journey. And that's in how long? Um, a week. A oh, week. wow. So I really, people think they have to wean off for, you know, months and we're talking about a week. Five days. Five days um, is kind of the standard that I use, but and, and I use cannabis, um, cannabis oil, a CBD oil. But to be honest with you, that doesn't really matter. It is about the participants' willingness and their willingness to believe mm -hmm. right, that they can do that. Because everything placebo really, it's permission slips for us to discover more of who we truly are. Even the ayahuasca, even the San Pedro, they're all permission slips for us to just remember who we truly are. You know, so whatever protocol you use, understand that if someone sees you as a curandero, a shaman, a space keeper, a healer, right, their belief in you is already so strong. Mm. 
um, a lot of training in the in the shamanic realms. It's all got to do with the imagination and beliefs. You know, we we where yes, what is magic, right? What what it's that's what it is. That's all it is, man. <laughs> that's all anything is. It's just science we don't understand yet. And hundred percent, you know. So so that is that is basically. The secret for me, helping getting people off these antidepressants, I uh, just help them create a belief in themselves, in their own ability or in whatever placebo we use. And then when they have the ayahuasca journey, then that permission slip is so strong and it actually creates a strong electromagnetic communication between the pineal and the pituitary gland in the brain. And it's like kickstarting the body's natural ability to release serotonin again and then never go back to the med- to the medication mm, beautiful so, what's also really interesting for me is when when we consult with someone and we, we it has to be said we are not medical professionals and someone that has been prescribed uh, antidepressant or whatever by a medical professional when they want to go off it you know rightly so they need to consult um, with the medical professionals as well and but what we find is a, a support structure is very very important. So with those individuals, we we um, prefer almost demand that we step into a coaching relationship with them, where there is support for because things like things like diet is important. If you're going to eat like shit, you're going to feel like shit. Um, things like um, what are the tools that that person has available to them to overcome heavy emotions. Um, to, to be emotionally more resilient. So it's a, it's a matter of, you know, making that transition, but then also to support someone with those tools to be able to make it sustainable for them. It's mm. so often that we're just taught here, take this pill. And I think this comes up a little bit in ayahuasca too. And, and the um, plant medicine place um, space is here, just take this cup, cup of bitter tasting oh. beverage and don't worry, everything will be fixed on the other side. You will be perfect. You will be enlightened. You will be like, you know, tabla rasa, like totally different human being. You'll probably have superpowers when you get out. And even like, that's not true. The integration piece is so super important. So I'm really, really glad to hear that you guys also focus on that in a sense of like, okay, you've had this experience. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. So when I had my first ayahuasca experience in 2014, um, I was actually on a on a break from an injury. Um, I was a pro MMA athlete um, before going into the to the healing world. And I had my cup of ayahuasca. I had a weekend. I did a vision quest. And with, with that belief that, yeah, things are just going to be better. The panacea just to heal everything in your life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it actually flipped my life upside down. Things fell apart. I had no support. Mm-hmm. I had no support. Um, the shaman that I worked with went back to Australia. And I was kind of, I was kind of, after the weekend, I was left in the dark. Life fell apart. So I found a, a, a curandero who was willing to teach me. Um, and that kept me busy and it kept me focused. but the realization that there's no integration support or actually um, traditionally there's not because people go to Peru, they come back and what now? You know? Ta-da! <laughs> so, so that's what led me to study um, metaphysics, neuroscience, NLP, hypnotherapy, so that I can help people to integrate all of the downloads, all of the uploads, all of the changes, all of the new awareness 
around the self mm. so that you can actually then do the work because ayahuasca is a medicine that you need courage for. You mm. need courage for taking the medicine and you need courage to go and integrate it because life is going to change. Mm -hmm. so, a similar thing happened to me as well. Um, do you want to say something, Sian? I, I was just, um, I, I, can, I can follow up after you. Your yeah, story. go ahead. Okay, yeah. So similar thing happened to me when, when I first drank ayahuasca. I came back. Um, <laughs> at that stage for my wife, it was she she was support supportive of me going to this retreat that she knew nothing about, I knew nothing about. And when I came back at the stage at that stage, I was running my own business and I came back home and I could not open my laptop to work. And for two months I sat under the tree in my backyard. Um, and I, I was just trying to figure out after going through these huge energetic shifts inside of me, how to fit back into my old life that I created. And I simply couldn't. And two months later, my wife said, you know what? You have a business to run, uh, <laughs> you have to produce income. You're going to have to do something. And yeah. that's also when, when I realized like, okay, it's, it's, it's not like you drink the cup of ayahuasca and everything changes. It does change, but it, it's, it's, it shows you everything, right? And then you get the opportunity to, to speak to, the, to those parts of you. You get the opportunity to work with those parts. And yeah, through coaching, through NLP, through hypnosis, through um, emotional intelligence, all these things, slowly but surely, it took me about two years to truly get into alignment with those shifts that happened to be able to say, okay, I'm now in... Um, I've now integrated that. But what we do with, with, with our groups is we actually start the integration process before the retreat. Okay. So oh, wow. we, we have a workbook with certain things, um, you know, awareness ex exercises and all sorts of things. During the retreat, there's also integration that happens and after the retreat. So that's a, because we both experience this um, being, being, being left to, to just, you know, figure it out for yourself and the, the impact that that has had um, because that happened to both of us. We are quite um, serious about this point of, of what people call integration. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's a really um, important thing for people to realize. And I think everyone who's listening right now, um, I mean, some have heard us said it, say it before, but integration is kind of the key because like Sophie and I have traveled all over the world. We've been to spiritual centers all over the world. We've been to Peru, we've been to Tulum, we've been to Guatemala. Like we've been basically going to all of the spiritual nexuses. And um, I'll tell you, there is an awful lot of people on the spiritual hamster wheel mm -hmm. just looking for that next hit. Mm -hmm. You and know, whether it's a meditation or an ayahuasca ceremony or some other technology like they they seem to think that like I have to go to this to get myself good and then I have maybe 90 days and then I have to go and like re-up like a fucking drug dealer you know um sorry were you gonna say something I was just going to say that that's something that um, Francesca was actually, I've been kind of keeping an eye on the comments here as we're chatting. And that's something that's been brought up a few times is this idea that it almost becomes like a recreational drug use and an, a means of escapism, right? Like I'm only whole when I'm in the afterglow of a powerful plant. And because there's a lack of integration, 
that that's what, why we're seeing this, like, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, because they're not integrating. And I can see where that comes from, because for me personally, like I've shared this with you, Sian, and I think you guys will have heard this on my podcast. The first time that I sat with ayahuasca, like, thank God, Sian and I were, you know, together and he was there to hold my hand through it because my, my experience was so profound and it blew my brain open in such a, a strong way that I was not expecting that like, I, if I hadn't had him to help me integrate, I probably would have ended up in like a psych ward to be totally honest, because it blew me open so much. And I was all of a sudden so different from everybody around me that they, like, they couldn't handle it. Even the little pieces that they were seeing when I had him to just be like, Oh my God, this is happening. So I don't even know, like, I can't even imagine what that would have been like for me. And in fact, I probably wouldn't have gone as deep, I think. And you guys are the shamans. So maybe you tell me, but my sense is I wouldn't have had as deep of an experience if my spirit had known that I didn't have somebody to hold me to help me integrate on the other side, because it would have been like dangerous. Mm, mm. This is where intention is very, very important, you know, especially like I, I understand the. What, what you mentioned, the people who go for the afterglow, we, I call them the chasers, the retreat chasers. Um, it, it, it's people who don't do it for the work. They, they just want to stay on that. They just want to keep riding that wave. And that's actually very dangerous because what that does to the brain, it, the brain starts to get into such a state of neuroplasticity that it forgets to hardwire itself properly. And people can truly lose themselves. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can, what you would you would probably diagnose as psychosis, right? Hundred percent. So it's important for for facilitators and retreat centers to do interviews with people. You know, not just receive a form. You know, mm-hmm. because people can put anything on a piece of paper, but as a facilitator or a shaman or a healer or a coach, you can feel someone's energy when they're speaking to you. It's <laughs> it's not that difficult to to know when someone's actually just chasing the next high. Or they're actually ready to do the work. Very dangerous. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that look, you know that look? Like, oh, yeah. the light is so beautiful, man. Like, have you looked at the light? Like, <laughs> you know, the, the one time that I said no to, or one of the few times that I said no to someone to attend a retreat is when I asked them, like, you know, why do you want to attend this, this, uh, this journey? And the person said, no, we've tried this thing and this thing and this thing. And, and making this their whole this whole uh, list of all the psychedelics that they've had, and they still want to try this thing. I got uh, a bucket like, list I'm checking off, bro. Yeah. <laughs> not, this is not the retreat for you, you know. And, you know, some people need one ayahuasca journey in many lifetimes. Mm. That can be sufficient. That can be sufficient. Um, that being said, I'll, I'll focus now with ayahuasca, which is so mainstream, Something that I would like to mention that is not so mainstream, and I actually do prefer it, is the plant that I mentioned is uh, Wachuma or San Pedro. Mm-hmm. And San Pedro is also called the, the grandfather medicine. And it's very interesting. I've had people on, on um, the San Pedro ceremonies where they have had bigger experiences and more profound experiences than ayahuasca. Now, the, the, the objective is not to compare the two or make the one better than the other, but it's very interesting the, the role of both the masculine and, and the feminine and how that can work uh, together because we have those, both of those energies in, inside of us, you know. Um, so, yeah, people can, can if, 
if you, you know, plant medicines can hand you your ass, you know, so, and that can happen even more so on, on San Pedro, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. When I've heard that, you know, again, you've got that masculine and that feminine balance and it's like, sometimes you need to go into the womb, into the cave, into the darkness of ayahuasca to really see it. And sometimes you need dad to just come along in the brightness of the day and be like, listen, <laughs> let's X, Y, Z. And this is coming from not having personal Wachima experience, but from what I've heard from others, this is kind of how it, exactly. it plays out. Spot on, yeah. yeah, because it is, <laughs> it is a daytime medicine where the feminine in the evening that we, you know, traditionally that medicine is taken in the, in the evening, in the dark, and um, the the San Pedro or Chuma, as it's called traditionally, ceremony would be held in the day, in the daytime. It's a cactus loves sun, you know, and um, and it's it's masculine. It's it's forward moving energy. It's connecting the dots. So once again, part of integration, if I can say it like that. And it's also strategic. I've had amazing business plans and. Um, strategies and ideas and things on on this masculine medicine called uh, Wachuma. So both has their their place. And um, what's unique about uh, the way that we facilitate is we actually have both these medicines on the same retreat. Mm. And there's a beautiful dance that happens between the masculine and the feminine that I cannot describe to you until you've experienced that. Mm. Well, and you guys know, if you've been in our sphere for a little while, one of the things we talk about the most is the importance of finding unification between the inner masculine and inner feminine. And that's super, super challenging for most people to like really truly understand and grapple with because we're so identified with either one or the other. It has nothing really to do with our physical gender, but just which one feels more safe in our body energetically. And trusting and leaning into the other one can be a real challenge. So having an opportunity within a few days to work with both, to me, sounds like a really incredible experience. You get to you get to feel what those energies are, where we have our programming and our conditioning of what they should look like. Mm. Um, um, people are almost always surprised as to how the masculine energy shows up, um, because it can be fun loving it can be playful like a child it can show up like a grandfather that puts his arm around and says you know let's this talk about a few things you know it can <laughs> be like a, like a young young prince that feels like elegant and exuberant you know so it's it's very interesting and um there was this one uh san pedro journey that we had where everyone said like i don't understand it just felt so beautifully feminine and what we figured out is because the masculine held the space, the feminine could, um, how do you put this? It could express express itself, you know? So it's, it's interesting. How, how do we balance or access these energies if we don't even know what it feels like? And working with the plants is an opportunity to really understand what does it feel like in my body? Yeah, beautiful. That's a tremendous opportunity. Yes, yeah. So we have a couple of questions coming up here around like muscle testing or how to decide, like, is this something that's for me? Um, have you guys worked with muscle testing before? Are you familiar with using that? We work with pendulums usually, but I'm curious what you guys have to share for uh, individuals on that. So the thing about muscle testing is it's, it tests your own beliefs, right? So, so it's, it's a, uh, whether you do fingers or swaying back and forth, or you do the 
kinesiology way of, of testing that, but you're actually testing your own beliefs. And you could also test limiting beliefs. So your fears would be true when you muscle test. So mm. I'm not sure. This is just my instinctual gut feel here. If muscle testing would be the right way to like, <clears throat> should I go to ayahuasca journey? Yes or no? You know, I, I'm not sure because you you're probably going to test your own limitation and what your body believes at that stage. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd like to add to that, you know, because obviously that question is coming from someone who is uncertain, right, at the moment. If you're uncertain, it's a no. Mm-hmm. If you're uncertain, it's a no. You will know when it's a yes because you will have booked your retreat or you will be sitting in the space and you will just know. If, if there's uncertainty, it's not a yes, especially when, when working with these plants. It's not a small step. It's not something to be taken lightly. These plants are to be approached with respect because you're approaching your own mind, right? Deep parts, deep parts of your own mind. You know, people, people have this conception of ayahuasca showed me this, right? San Pedro showed me this or Wachuma showed me that. When in fact, is it's just an interface for what your own mind is showing mm-hmm. you. Your own spirit, your own soul. The, the, the plants are technologies for us to access that parts of ourselves that, that we can look at and then integrate and look at, okay, what are we going to do this? You know, what do we want? Intention is very, very important. And if there's doubt, I'd say it's a no. Also, with that person, um, I agree with Charlie, but with that person, we're now guessing, we don't know them. It's been a, it's a quick comment on, on Facebook. It might also be that this person is quite certain that they that they feel drawn to the medicine, but there could be fears that are um, quite prominent. Like, what if this happens? One of the big fears is, what if I lose control? You know, um, people have a big fear of of being out of control. Yeah, yeah, that, that should be the goal, you guys. If you guys been running the ship for long enough, losing control in this safe environment is a really good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we definitely had some people say, I'm in. So um, there's people asking there's, questions, yeah. And like, yeah, curious about retreats. So if you guys want to know more about retreats, we can chat about that. Um, I wanted to ask, I know we had a lot of people asking about, like, what does it mean to be a shaman um, for you guys? And how do you get into this, this modality? I mean, Charlie, um, you guys mentioned it a little bit. My main question, though, comes from the, the fact that having been through many spiritual environments, we see a lot of what I'm going to call neo-shamanism. And we see a lot of people that have sat with ayahuasca once, found a rattle, and now all of a sudden are a shaman. And right? Or and that that there is everywhere in Tulum. It's all over the place in Costa Rica. And as you can hear in my tone, we have a certain, we have a thought on that. <laughs> we have an opinion on that. Um, and I know that that's not the case for you two, but also you two are very broad, not specific to one lineage. Clearly, neither of you are Peruvian, right? So how, what are your thoughts on balancing that and on learning and how did shamanism come into both of your lives? Yo, I love that question because, you know, if we think back traditionally, who is the shaman? The shaman is doesn't call himself the shaman. Mm-hmm. It's the village that says, there's the shaman. If you have this and this challenge, go to him or go to her, or there's the healer, right? And um, just because there's so much of this neo-shamanism thing going around, 
I prefer not to have that title, you know, because titles are ego identification. If someone asks me, I would rather say I facilitate a shamanic process. Mm -hmm. And also, you are also the shaman. The, the, the shaman is the one who can dance in the dream and in that dream create new realities. It's a form of magic, right? And mm -hmm. in that work in that altered state and know how to navigate that and and all of that. So so we are all really also the shaman archetype. So in terms of initiation, what happened to me is in our, in our African culture, there's a thing called Igedla or Amagedla. And that is a term for someone that is not initiated by a school, that is not, not initiated by a teacher, but that was called and initiated by the plant itself. Hmm. And that was kind of my path, which was quite interesting. In the sense that, yeah. yeah. So, and, and I actually prefer that I, I call it for myself an intuitive initiation to through working with the plant, plant experientially, understanding more and more how to work with it and being intuitively guided in that. And then only much later on, I recognized the need for using stronger energy tools in that, in, the, in our container, in our ceremonies, um, where the, for the ability, I, I had the need for the ability to be able to move energy more effectively. And then I got to the, the Inca Cuero tradition, and there I was initiated as a Paco, which is an Incan priest. And mm -hmm. for me, that is beautiful tools, so simple. And we're going to expose you guys to this in our, in our next call, which we'll tell you a little bit about later, how you can do that. And that those tools can become yours. So simple, yet so potent to move energy. So my initiation happened, you know, according to the standards, completely the wrong way yeah. uh, until I realized that there is such a thing as a, Igedla or Amagedla, which, which is someone that is initiated by the plant itself. Um, and I think for the rest, it's experiential, you know, working with it, experiencing it, um, experiencing people, different situations and, and all of that, you know. So I also check in, you know, for me, as, you know, when we interview someone, is it safe for us, you know, to, to work with this person? That's the other thing. Yeah, I think it comes down to responsibility. Um, and for people looking to go on one of these experiences or retreats, and the calling is strong and the intention is strong, is because there is so much out there. There is so much of neo-shamanism out there. Is find someone who you will refer to by someone you trust, number one, right? And someone that sat with him in, in ceremony, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's a saying that um, you will know a tree by the fruits it bears. <laughs> but when you look at these people, look at the people who've been to them. Look at the results that they're getting. You know, for these days, it's hard to hide. You know, social media, you know, you can discover so much about a shaman or, or a healer or a facilitator. You just, you just jump on your phone. You know, so it, it makes it really easy. It makes it really easy, you know. So, and obviously, that intuition, if you are developed enough, your intuition will tell you that this is a no go. And, and one of the, the very interesting things that I've seen in, in this neo shamanism is people who present themselves as these healers is they're so serious. 
Mm-hmm. They are so serious and they portray this this image of this powerful being and when of a god complex a god, a god <laughs> complex you know all the all the people that I've trained with um from Peru every single human being that I've trained with that has been working with the plants and I'm talking people who have who were born into the lineage of ayahuasca they're the most playful people I've met you'll never mm-hmm. see the smile leave their face you know these are the people from the huni queen um, that that live in Brazil that have been working with ayahuasca for lineages and generations and generations. They 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 look like little children all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and they're healthy and they're radiant and the people around them are happy, you know. So it's not that difficult to spot if you understand what to look for. Mm-hmm. That's a very very good description of what we uh, also recognize. Yeah, the the level of seriousness definitely. Um, is a is a big tell because mm-hmm. uh, like it's all about coming home isn't it it's all about like unwinding all of that stuff that's been programmed into us all of the seriousness all of the adulting we're trying to unlearn how to be an adult and try to learn how to be a child again right coming back yeah. to that pure innocence so it's yeah so, like so- you look at like the dalai lama for example right that guy like should arguably be the most serious person in the world, according to Muggle standards, but is just like the most hilarious, playful dude <laughs> who will swear at you if he feels like it. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. it's a good, it's a great example. It's a great example, and you you look at people like like Alan Watts and uh, you know um, who, who are just absolutely playful because the energy of seriousness. If you think of seriousness. If I'm serious, there's a frown on my face. So what is a frown? It's a contraction. What happens when you contract the system? It blocks the flow of energy. So you're not connected to the source when you're serious. You're not connected to the superconscious, to the deepest part of yourselves. Um, I'm not saying don't ever be serious, but I'm just giving you some science. You know, yeah. there's, there's another thing here. <clears throat> you know, like in also in African traditions and some of the, um, you know, like traditional healers and these guys, they would operate on a, 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 a level of, of consciousness where there's exchange. Like if I can give an example, like I have to give my physical eyesight to be able to see spiritually. So, so on that level, there's, there are contracts and there are exchanges. The, the energy that I rather operate from is a, a place of just source connection, what you just said, where where there's no conditions, where there's just unconditional love, where there's no contracts, you know? So that's also another thing to to check, to see, does this feel conditional or does this feel like pure source, unconditional love? And it is an important decision to to decide who you will be working with, you know? So I hope, yeah, I I feel like the transmission is, is getting through in terms of how to make that decision without us giving a a five, five, five bullet points, you know? Yeah. Here's your top three steps, but no, I think you're, you're really approaching it from the the feeling and the intuition. And I think that's really the type of answer that we were hoping for. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts, 
Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.